Hey, Fort Worth, I'm Maddie Parker, and I'm honored to be the mayor of this city. We are growing, innovating, and moving forward together. It's go time in Fort Worth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fort Worth Focus episode of Go Time. A Fort Worth Focus episode is where we look at specific city issues, projects, goals, or current events. And today we're talking emergencies. September is National Preparedness Month. And in the last year, we have definitely had our share of emergencies. Flash flooding, a winter storm of the century, a tragic pileup on I-35, and more all on top of a global pandemic. Fire Chief Jim Davis leads the city's efforts to prepare for, respond to, and then recover from those emergencies. Today we'll talk about what the job is like, what the city does behind the scenes, and what you should be doing to make your family safer. Thank you for being here, Chief. I appreciate you. Thanks, Mayor. It's good to be here. So we can talk about all the things, but first I wanted this audience to understand how lucky we are to have you in Fort Worth. I was lucky to be Chief of Staff when we snagged you and brought you to Texas. Um, what's that been like for you? Now, how many years have you been here with the city? It's almost three, just a couple weeks from now, it'll be three years and Pretty it's phenomenal. gone real quick. I know, it's, you didn't realize what you were going to be dealing with when you got here, did it's, you? It's been... Uh, been a whirlwind. I know uh, sure. it has been. So Jim has more than 20 years of emergency department experience, intensive care and mobile intensive care unit experience. We're going to talk about that in a minute because it proved very useful when the pandemic started, unfortunately, but also fortunately for us. 20 years as a flight RN EMT with MedFlight of Ohio, master's degree in operational excellence and process improvement from Ohio State, doctorate adult learning theory from the University of Pennsylvania, and sworn in as Fort Worth FD chief on October 16th, 2018. So we could be, should be calling you Dr. Davis instead of Chief Davis. Is that right? I, I guess you could. You're just not I, that kind I'm of guy. Just, I know better I'm, than I'm that. I'm very comfortable with who I am. I know so you are. Absolutely. So before we talk about Fort Worth, um, 20 years as a flight medic. Yes, ma'am. How do you apply that emergency training every day to what you're doing now as chief? So I think that the big issue there is to recognize that bad things happen to good people. And so what we want as a department, as a fire department, is I want to drive the message that we don't wish bad things to happen to people, but we all want the opportunity to be there to try to help when On their worst day, right? On their worst day. Yeah. And so we, we train relentlessly. We prepare to execute when the time comes. And we want to do it in a way that we provide compassion, empathy, and, and be nice in doing it. And so those are the messages and in my role, you know, being fortunate to to be able to lead this department as we continue to grow the 12th largest, 11th largest city in the United States that we're pushing. The, the fact is, is that um, there's a lot of challenges with that, but it brings a lot of opportunity. And my background and my experience from an educational standpoint and from previous work experiences, um, it allows me to um, ask questions differently and uh, try to create a culture around the organization where we um, we per, we thought leadership, you know, and and asking questions differently makes people really uncomfortable sometimes. But it's how we push to the next what if? Why are we doing what we're doing? What if we do something different? And so, what does it make a difference? We don't want to make change just to make change, but we want to help push this city as it continues to grow to make good change on on the the benefit of the residents and guests of this community. You absolutely have done that too. So just in the last year and a half, you've led a department through some very horrific times, things that you um, you can't plan for necessarily, but your education and training experience certainly were fortunate to have. I can say that personally, having watched you, you through that. How have you tried to keep the resilience of your department up 
um, and focused on top-level service, which I think you've done tremendously, and your department continues to be probably the most well-respected and and loved department of any city. Police officers always joke, firefighters get all the love, <laughs> but maybe that's for a reason, right? How have you kept your, your morale high? So again, I appreciate you saying that. Um, the, the biggest issues there is to make sure that we, um, what I call the three C's, we, we work together to, to try to communicate to our folks what the mission is and what, why we need to be a part of some of the things that we are um, asked to do, that we um, communicate that to them, that we cooperate with other city departments. And, you know, it'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, you know, as you talked earlier about the, the weather event, we didn't do anything alone. There's the police, as you mentioned, there was the parks and rec folks. There was the convention center folks as we were trying to house people. There was the water department. There's all kinds of different people coming to the table. And what we have is the ability to, you know, when, when the fire department knocks on the door, they do have the respect in the community that people are likely to open the door and say, Hey, what do you need? And so that's where leveraging relationships in the community with, um, you know, public private partnerships, you know, the, the folks at Vanderhort with their yeah. milk and, and some of the breweries that stepped in to help with water and stuff like that. It's a, it's a big relationship issue. So yeah, our people are tired. I mean, because we've been going at this for about 18 months, you know, a little over that now, but the issue is that, you know, they've had the support of city leadership. There's, they've, We've not had uh, anybody say no to anything that we need, be it personal protective equipment or the stuff to do testing and vaccines and all that kind of stuff. And having that kind of support to make sure that, you know, my first and foremost job <clears throat> is to give our guys the opportunity to go home safe at the end of the shift. And in order to do that, I have to have the support to provide that type of training and that type of equipment and build those relationships with other city departments, with the county health department and those folks that can can help us operationalize plans that need to be done. So yeah, our, our folks have, have been pushed hard and they've stepped up at every, everything I've asked them to do. And I'm very proud of them. Yeah. So what would you advise? There's a lot of elected leaders or, or folks in your position across the country. Everybody operates differently. I've found you to be always level-headed. You're never extreme in your viewpoints. You're trying to listen to everybody trying to keep people calm, but that's not necessarily normal and sometimes not the the easier thing to do. What advice do you have um, for people that this isn't still not over COVID is still among us and we're trying to deal with a world run pandemic, but I've never seen you um, hair on fire, right? That expression, you always seem to just have a level head. What is it about that? And how do you give that advice to other people? So I think you have to respect the way that other people bring and what they bring to the table. So as far as city leadership, let's talk about Mr. Cook as an example. Data-driven, evidence-based is his approach to leadership of the city of Fort Worth. So I knew that coming through the door. And although there are things that, you know, I can sit across the table and and debate him on, debate you on whether or not I I can't provide the evidence on this because this is so new that we're, we're developing the evidence, but here's what my experience and here's what my gut tells me the the issue is having the relationship working to make sure that you give the best information that you're following the data and the science in this case with the pandemic and that you fail fast. You know, there's a whole book and a whole process out there on own the fact that, Hey, we tried this, it didn't work and we got to pivot and not be um, not be embarrassed by that and not 
to be so afraid to say that didn't work and why are we continuing to do what we do? We got to do something different and having that confidence in everybody around you that um, they're not going to lose faith in you just because you, you fumbled once. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a few things that um, I know you want Fort Worth families that are listening to know to kind of keep their family safer. What are those high level things that you say, let's talk about not just fire safety, but safety in your own home? What, uh, what services are available um, from an emergency preparedness standpoint in the city? So that's a great question. And over the, over the course of years, the fire service, the, the, the goal of any good public health program is to eradicate a disease and put yourself out of business. And the fire department has all across the country done such a good uh, work with preparedness regarding prevention and fires, mm-hmm. right? We have to take that same approach moving forward in our communities with the idea of community risk reduction and September being a month where we encourage people to prepare and prepare to protect each other. We, we've got to ask people to understand that when a big disaster or a big emergency happens in the community, our goal first and foremost is to solve immediate life-threatening problems and then we the biggest groups that are impacted by things like a loss of water a loss of power those type of things so with that background to directly answer your question is people have to have a plan they have to put that plan and practice it and they have to make sure that they have resources available to them in which they are prepared to protect themselves for a couple days because that's what it could be i mean you know, we, we talk about 72 hours. Make sure that you've got 72 hours worth of bottled water available. Make sure that you have batteries for flashlights. Make sure you have an emergency exit plan or a meeting location. We are so dependent in today's day and age on cell phones and cell phone technology. And yet one of the things that we know from things like you know hurricane response or tornado response is that frequently those systems are immediately are overwhelmed and they struggle to have the capacity to deal with everybody trying to use them all at once in a certain area. So to have a communication plan that's not totally dependent on cell phone technology in today's day and age, those are the type of things that people need to make sure that they think about. And on the city's website, on the federal government's FEMA uh, website, there are all kinds of things that are available to folks to have to provide checklists for them to go through and make sure that they have things that the general public should have, but then they also have to realize that there are certain things that they as individuals may need to be able to have available, such as if they're on home oxygen, Mm -hmm. they need to make sure that they have an emergency plan in case the power goes out or such as having a couple bottles of oxygen available to them and that they know how to use them. So long-winded answer to your question, Mayor, but we could talk about this all day because it's so important to the community. Yeah. And there's a, um, we can sign up. This is one easy thing that families in Fort Worth need to do. It's fortworthtexasalerts.gov. And you can always call 817-392-1234 for any help with that. But those emergency notifications are very important. Um, and we've switched systems in the last few years. So tell people why you have to try again. Make sure your your phone number is registered. Yes. Yeah, so there's three different ways that you can get, re, uh, get notifications. You can get a text. You can get a phone call. You can get an email. And in the last couple of years, the, the 
technology changed and we switched as a city, we switched systems. Unfortunately, it didn't allow us to auto-populate the older numbers into the new system. So we're asking people to go back into that website that you were talking about or calling the phone number, and we're asking them to re-register um, and set it up in the manner that they want to get notifications in the event that the city is trying to communicate um, with the residents and guests of our community. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, and we'll make sure we, um, Mike Drivdahl, who does an awesome job as your PAO, would be mad at us if we don't make sure we post all this. So we'll do that and get that out and work with your office in the next few weeks um, on all emergency preparedness plans. But I want to pivot and talk about the um, commemoration and anniversary of September 11th, um, 20 years. Um, you have been an emergency responder even at the height of, of that moment. We were really fortunate to invite 9-11 um, first responders from New York just a few weeks ago. What is that like um, to commemorate and remember those of your fellow firefighters and first responders that were lost in 9-11? And what do you want to tell a generation of kids? I, you know, it's important to me. I've got a five and a 10-year-old who I made my 10-year-old listen to a podcast this weekend that was appropriate for his age level because they don't understand that history. And I do think it's important that we carry that forward. You know, there's... We're, we're getting to the point now that there's kids, like you mentioned, that have no recall of that that horrific day. Um, and as we come to the 20th anniversary, um, we're getting further and further and further away from 2001 when it occurred, that it's, it's hard to remember sometimes how bad it was, yet how this country rallied together and came together in such a way that we haven't seen since then. And we've been through so many different problems and challenges as a country. But the, the fact is that so many people that day gave their lives. And then post 9-11, we've had so many people that have died from cancers and stuff that were working on that pile trying to find and, re and recover the deceased. We have folks that have given their lives in, in defense of our country to try to bring those that cause that harm to us to judge. There's so many different people and so many different families, um, more than just the 343 New York City firefighters or the uh, approximately 100 police officers and their families. The, the, with the support of the Fort Worth Police Department and the Perot family to bring that group here um, for us to celebrate life, to celebrate the heroes of that day, and recognizing that, you know, with as bad as it was, um, that at the end of the day, there is some good that can come from it. Um, and those are the kind of things I'd like people to remember is, um, and it's going to be a really difficult rest of the week as we see every channel you flip on the TV, you're going to see, you know, um, images of, of that day. And it's going to elicit a lot of emotional response to people. Um, but we... Um, we worked through that as a community and we did it by rallying together. And if I can leave any message, we need that more today than ever. Yeah, it's very well said. Absolutely. Um, do you feel like um, right now you're able to recruit and retain the firefighters you need for tomorrow? Is it still a profession that uh, young men and women look to, to aspire to be a firefighter? I think that it is. And I think that we're very fortunate um, as a profession that we have people who um, want to give back to their communities, yeah. who want to have the um, the honor of... There, there's no greater honor than when a uh, parent hands you their sick child and we have the opportunity to work together with other organizations such as MedStar and the hospitals. That's a, that's a huge responsibility that we have. 
Uh, we have to earn that trust and earn that respect every day. That's a message that we, we try to convey to every recruit coming through the academy. And what a lot of people don't realize is when they think of the fire department, they, they think of fire. But, boy, you know, we, we bring folks in that, and we, we educate them in college-level courses of anatomy and physiology and chemistry and, and all kinds of you know, hazardous material response and, and those type of things. We, we put a lot on their plate educational-wise, and, and we have an expectation that they step up and that they – um, become masters of their craft and that they support this community in their time of need, no matter what the request is. Yeah. And you're really pushing, um, not just your department, but the entire city to rethink the role of the fire department as a trusted first responding agency. You and I've had a lot of conversations about firehouses being the center of a community and how you want those to continue to be, um, focus. And then additionally, you, you have more touch points in people's homes than probably anybody else. And one thing you brought here specifically was um, an effort to help combat SIDS and the need for cribs and homes. Talk to our listeners about that effort and why you feel like that is so important for your department. You know, the residents and guests of this community invite the Fort Worth Fire Department into their homes about 150,000 times a year because of a need. Yeah, It gives us an opportunity to um, be observant, to be mindful, to look and to see where their where their needs are and where they may be gapped. It could be food insecurity. It could be, um, you know, unsafe sleeping conditions for their children. And so as part of the community risk reduction role and working with other departments and, and other agencies, um, we have the ability to make referrals. And we also have the ability to solve immediate problems until we can get them in, get to a referral. So get them a crib, get them some food, get them in a place where they're safe for the weekend until Monday. Some of the social service agencies that we work with on a daily basis are back to work and in a position to, to support their need. So we do. We, um, we find an unsafe sleeping condition. If we cannot correct it through education, um, if, then we have pack and plays available that we um, can provide. Uh, we're working right now with the Terran Area Food Bank and Julie and her team over there to make uh, food available for food insecurity issues. So nobody is going a holiday weekend without the ability to have some food. Um, and, and these are just, you know, firehouses and communities are a place that what we want and what we strive for is the community to know and that kids know that that's a safe place in the community, that they can go there if there's a problem, they can knock on the door, and they're going to be able to get help, and that the people in that facility, the men and the women of the Florida Fire Department, that they can trust, no matter what it is, if, if somebody's following you and you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. if somebody is um, – in, in another uh, perfect example is um, we have the ability for uh, – a couple months ago, um, a lady showed up at a firehouse with a baby that she could no longer take care of. And mm-hmm. that was a win for the city, and that was a win for that that child because that baby ended up in a safe place. Yeah. And so firehouses are community assets, and they are, they are places in the community that we want them accessible to the public, and we want the public to know they can go there in their time of need. Yeah, well said, absolutely. So I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question, so I'll put you on the spot, but... You've been in Fort Worth now for, you said, three years? Just me. So what's the most memorable, good or bad, moment you think you've had so far as, as chief of this fire department? Well, I think the you know, the personally, the, the, the moment was being sworn in as mm-hmm. the fire chief and, and realizing that um, 
I, I was taking on a responsibility to to learn a new town, to develop relationships in a new community, and the overwhelming sense of change that was coming to my life. Um, professionally, I think the um, I, I think the one day that actually you and I had a great conversation was the day that we, as a city, had to begin making a decision as to where we fit in to the national approach to this pandemic and what we were going to do and how we were going to respond as a city, working with the county, recognizing that we didn't have all the information. We didn't know um, what we were getting ourselves into. We just knew that um, our responsibilities and our roles were changing rapidly. Yeah. And um, and I, I think that professionally is probably going to be the day that I remember going, <laughs> What have I got? Where myself am in? I? Yes, yeah. What's, what's going here? on? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I, I thought it was important, not just because of the role you're playing right now with the department, but as we emerge from this pandemic and understand public health, community health roles, how lucky we are to have you think through the postmortem of all this. And it's a no disrespect to the hard work at Tarrant County. They've done an incredible job as partners here. We have other organizations like UNTL Science Center, our hospitals, all of them have worked together. But I know you and I agree that the city of Fort Worth, people look to us for leadership on this. And you have been that leader, of course, working with Brandon Bennett as well. So first of all, thank you. And I just want our listeners in Fort Worth to know we have experts at the top of their game to help us figure out how we're all better um, and helping serve the public into the next years to come. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Brandon, you're right. He's been a great, he's been a great partner and um, we've had the opportunity to work together now on a lot of stuff but again it's it's a community issue and it's going to continue to take a community response other city departments every city employee other agencies throughout tarrant county and now that we're in multiple counties you know we've had to work and develop relationships up in denton county or over in parker county it's it's been uh it's it's continuing to evolve and um we're not out of it yet so yeah I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thanks to, to you and your entire department. You guys work incredibly hard, and I want Fort Worth to know more about you all personally. I can't interview all your firefighters, so I thought I'd start at the top and, and just know that we're here to help you anytime you need it. I appreciate it. And just, you know, in, in the short time you've been our mayor, just your presence and being out and, and being, uh, you know, uh, aware, you know, it's, it's noticed. And well, so we I appreciate it. it. Absolutely. And I'll say... Fort Worth should show up to your graduations. Those are pretty awesome days. And you leave going, we're going to be okay. Like you you meet some of the um, smartest, most faithful uh, men and women that are willing to sign up to be a firefighter. And you leave graduation, their parents are crying, their grandparents are crying, they've got kids in the audience. And I always kind of leave on a, on a little bit of a cloud after those days. And so. it, is a, it is a great day. And yeah. they're open to the public. People are, are welcome to come. And the thing that they're observing when they're there is they're seeing – the future leadership of this city as they start their their careers mm -hmm. here and the assurance that they should have when they leave is that they're in good hands. Yeah, and they are, absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Chief. Appreciate you very much. Okay. Learn more about GoTime and nominate a future GoTime guest at fortworthtexas.gov backslash GoTime. Listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. GoTime is produced by staff here at the City of Fort Worth. Bethany Warner, Katie Holloway, and John Michael Perkins. Katie and John Michael also produce our Water Utilities podcast, 
H2OMG. Give it a listen.